Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Hey, God's good. I just want to share for a few minutes on how do we respond when the Holy Spirit moves? Because when we get in meetings like this, and, and let me tell you, it's just going to keep increasing. Marilyn and I have been serving Jesus for over 40 years. We've seen several significant move, movings of the Spirit of God. God's always moving. It says He's always striving with people to come to His kingdom. He's always hearing our prayers. But in God's timing and frame, there are seasons where the activity increases. Spiritual activity increases. Sometimes because it's the cry of people's hearts. Sometimes because darkness gets so strong, God says, I've got to lift up a standard against this. Other times it's just in the seasons and times of God where he decides to release a greater flow of power and life. And we've seen that throughout history with revivals, with moves of God, with encounters, with breakthroughs. Sometimes it's just local, sometimes it's national, sometimes it's across the world. Let me tell you, we're moving into a new, incredibly powerful, exciting demonstration of kingdom life. God's always doing it. He's always working. But there's an awareness comes where we start to step into it. And that fresh wind, the river of the Spirit, it's increasing in measure in our church, our community, and across our nation. I've preached in three other churches in the last um, three months, and everywhere I go, there's a, an increasing hunger. There's a power. People are getting filled with the Spirit so much quicker. quicker. And uh, when I was in uh, in uh, Tully, only about uh, five weeks ago, I was in the Sunday morning service and I felt the wind of the Spirit blow into that meeting and I just, like I hadn't felt for at least 20 years. And I've felt it before, I know what it is, and the Holy Spirit said, it's just increasing. And within minutes, about 10 young people got filled with the Holy Spirit right there in that meeting because God's grace is at work and His awareness and our need. This world is in a dark place and God said, I'm going to release my kingdom and spirit in greater measure. And He will use anyone who's hungry and available. He will flow through any of our lives. But I believe that God's going to flow through local churches powerfully through local families that understand kingdom authority and the body of Christ is going to flow and he'll use people all over. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. One of the versions says satisfied, overflow. Whenever God says filled, it means not just up to the top, not just the bottle full, it's always overflowing when God says filled. He's a God of abundance. So whenever the Spirit of God works, it means there's an overflow. And that's why it's not just for us to get blessed, but it's to overflow. And Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When the Spirit of God works in you, He lives in you, and He comes upon you for task and purpose and ministry. So it flows out. In us, so the Spirit of God abides within us, and He also comes upon us, and He always overflows us. Often He's doing all of those at once. And so let's not do, just do the Old Testament thing where the Spirit of God came upon them. New Testament thing where the Spirit of God flows out of them with innermost being rivers of living water, but He does that and more. So let's not restrict Him. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power. Do you know what that means in the Amplified? Ability, 
efficiency and might. So it's not just raw power. Whoa, we want the power of God. Hey, we need that. But it says he'll increase your ability. He'll increase your efficiency and he will increase your might when you are walking in the life of the Spirit. You move from the natural into the supernatural. You move out of just what you think is reasonable into things that are impossible. And so God takes us. So when the Spirit comes, and it says, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. I want to talk about different responses when the Holy Spirit moves, whether you're in a prayer meeting, whether you're just in your devotions down the beach with you and God, whether you're in a corporate gathering or a conference. When the Spirit of God is uh, the awareness of His presence, it's always moving, but we become aware of His presence. He said He inhabits the praise of His people. So when we're praising and worshipping, often you become more aware of God's presence. When you're praying or ministering, often you become more aware. And when the Spirit of God moves in great power, we become more aware of his ever-abiding presence. But how do we respond? I've seen all sorts of responses, and they're in the Bible. The best one is to just keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Respond with all of your heart and being. Keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit, to his leading. As one guy said, listen and obey. It's that simple. But it's not that simple because we mess it up. We try to explain it away. Often the Holy Spirit's spoken to me over the years and I just thought it was my head making up nice thoughts. First year I was saved, Holy Spirit was often downloading stuff and I would think it was just me thinking those thoughts until after a while someone would get up and preach exactly the verse I had or someone would sing a song or or someone else would prophesy. I realised the Holy Spirit was trying to get through to me all the time and I was just thinking it was just me. The best thing is to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart, how it speaks to you, through your mind, through the scriptures, through his presence, through all sorts of ways. But you learn to know when the Holy Spirit's speaking. And people say, how can you be so um, accurate and believe it's God? You just grow. The Bible says to train yourself in the way of the Spirit. I call it the school of the Spirit, that you grow and learn. You discern very quickly. You learn what's the Holy Spirit, what's your own thoughts and what's the devil's thoughts and what's someone else's strong-willed thoughts imposing on you. You've got to learn to discern what they are. So the first one is to respond. I see another response from some people. When the Spirit of God moves, they get really afraid. I remember years ago in a church on the Sunshine Coast when we were pastoring, we had these families came in from an independent charismatic church and sadly the leadership went way off track and did really dumb stuff and they he would pretend to prophesy but he'd been outside collecting all the information and then would deceive the people and it was terrible I didn't know all this was going on so a whole pile of those people end up joining our new little church that we were pastoring and they they were just really confused deceived didn't know what was God and what wasn't because they'd been sadly damaged and I remember one lady in particular, whenever the Holy Spirit would start to move and we'd start to move in God's power, she would freeze and get terrified. And this look of terror would come on her eyes and she was just so afraid. What do I trust? Is this God or not? And I'll never forget the look on her face. Marilyn and I used to think, what's happened to her? And she'd been just so damaged and didn't know what to trust anymore. But many others that had come out of that scene, they quickly got healed and restored. And I remember the day when God won their, won their hearts. 
I remember a new couple walked in and as we were worshipping, God gave me a prophetic word for this couple. I'd never met them, didn't know that all the other people from that church knew them because they weren't sitting with them. And God gave me a very accurate prophetic word for their lives and as I'm speaking, I will see all the reaction from all these other people. And at the end of it, they knew that was the Holy Spirit because they, they knew I had no idea who they were and they knew, I didn't know, they knew all about their story. And in one prophetic word of prophecy, it knit a lot of their hearts back in to say, hey, the Holy Spirit is still real. Some people react out of fear because they've experienced bad stuff themselves or they've listened to the stories. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The NIRV says God gave us his spirit and the spirit doesn't make us weak and fearful. Instead, the spirit gives us power and love. He helps us control ourselves. Uh-oh. When the Holy Spirit's at work, you get freedom, but he also helps you control your flesh and your own appetites and desires. You notice that when the Holy Spirit's at work, you don't battle with all that other stuff as often because you're just busy flowing in the spirit. So fear is one response that can come and some uh, people are afraid of what other family or friends would say if they become too radical for Jesus. You ever had that? I remember when Mary Lynn got saved, her, her mum sent a sister from Townsville to think what sort of crazy cult she'd just got involved in, you know? And they were terrified of what she was in. But it was just a church like this on fire for God. And sometimes we're afraid to respond fully to the Spirit or obey because we're scared what family and friends might think about us. We all battle with that in one form or another. But the stronger I've learnt you are in the spirit, the less fear of man influences or controls you. And that's good. Some people respond because they're just ignorant. Now you say, well, what am I talking about? Let's read this. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, ignorant, misinformed or unaware. Some people react to when the Holy Spirit's working because they just don't understand or know what's going on. That's okay if they hang around long enough and if you get beside them and explain what's happening. And I love being in a meeting where sitting beside someone who has got no idea what's going on, you just start explaining what's happening. They say, oh, okay, that's actually in the Bible. I said, yep. I say, okay. And then they see the changed lives. They say, hey, that's good fruit. And they search the scriptures. So I want to encourage you, don't, don't be lack understanding. If you hang around churches like this, and there's great Bible teachers everywhere explaining how to walk in the life of the Spirit. And God doesn't want us to be ignorant and pull back out of fear or ignorance, but to be led by the Spirit. Number four, some people resist the Holy Spirit. I hope you've never done that. No, you're too spiritual to do that. But all of us, there's been times when God's asked us to do something which we think, oh, that's a bit out there. Go and, go and visit the new family next door and take some food over them and give them a Bible. You're thinking, oh, that's a bit out there. What if they throw me out? But if the Holy Spirit's nudged you to do it, guess what? He will already have been preparing their hearts. So sometimes we resist because we're scared of what might happen. Or we're not sure if this is God or not. Resistance. Listen to this verse in Acts 7.51. How stubborn you are, Stephen went on to say. 
how, he, how heathen your hearts, how deaf you are to God's message. You are just like your ancestors who have always resisted the Holy Spirit. Mate, that's a good way to make friends and influence people in a church service, isn't it? He was challenging the religious leaders who thought they knew how God was going to show up, but they missed Jesus in the prose. He says, you're stubborn and stiff-necked and you keep resisting the Holy Spirit. <coughs> but quite a few of the religious leaders did come to Christ, Nicodemus and many others. So it was, only, it was an attitude of heart. And sometimes when you've been hurt, you will resist out of fear. Sometimes you've got sin or compromise in your life and the Holy Spirit starts working and they say, oh, I'm not going to hang around here. I've been in meetings where people have run out of the services because they're convicted of sin but they're not ready to change their lifestyle yet. Or they come to a meeting and the Spirit of God's moving and then they don't come back for about three months and you meet them downtown and say, hey, I thought you were enjoying church. Oh, it's a bit scary there because every time I go there I get challenged to change. I said, yeah. And then I realized that they're struggling to let go of some part of their lifestyle or their perspectives. Or like Pastor Pete was sharing, sometimes God starts putting a finger on their business or their money saying, hey, let's surrender everything to Jesus, not just have the nice emotional feelings and get our sins forgiven. So let's not resist. Next one is some people grieve the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Ephesians 4.30 says, The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Wow. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit when we say no, when He says, come on, keep responding. We can grieve Him when we take for granted his power and think it's how good we are instead of the spirit of the Lord. And if you've got a soft heart for God, you won't grieve him for long if you have. Because he's so gracious and he knows how fallen humanity, he knows our reasoning minds and he's there to help us. So as the spirit of God's power increases, don't, let's not resist or grieve his spirit. There's one more in this line which is challenging and I've seen many people do this, quenching the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Do not quench, subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. How do we quench the Spirit? He's challenged you to start to forgive someone. Uh-uh. You quench his Spirit and then your life becomes sometimes challenging and he stops speaking to you fresh words of direction because you've quenched the spirit and refused to listen it's like if you've got a child and you keep telling them and they're not listening you, some intervention's got to happen they have some time out in the naughty corner <laughs> or you find a way so that they realize that their actions are not acceptable for the whole family now, God doesn't punish us, but he knows he has to get our attention sometimes if we are quenching his spirit. It's gone very quiet out there right now because I'm thinking, oh, is that me? Hey, I don't want to condemn anyone here. I want to encourage you. Let's be aware because when the, when the awareness of the spirit increases, spiritual awareness and responses and attitudes all come to the surface. I remember we were in a meeting years ago 
and there was a lady came into this meeting and we were only youth pastors and the pastor's wife said to Mary Lynn, you watch, by the third song, this lady's going to run out screaming out of this meeting. And we're thinking, whoa, really? She was involved in witchcraft. By the third song, the anointing level had got to a, a place where she could not handle it and she wasn't ready to respond. So she raced out of the meeting screaming. When the Holy Spirit rises, an awareness of his presence comes and it is amazing because people, many others, were running to the front and giving their lives to Jesus because they saw grace and hope. I want to encourage you, we're moving into a season where the spiritual activity is increasing, the word of God's flowing. Some call it revival. I don't use the word revival much because it's got lots of different connotations. Not against it, it's just a word describing where the spirit of God's filling us and overflowing us. And let's just respond to his awareness in our hearts and our lives. Sometimes you're in the shopping centre and you see someone sick and you, Holy Spirit, nudge you, hey, just go and have a chat with them. As you're talking to them, they say, hey, why don't you offer just to pray a prayer of healing from? Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I'm really shy. What have you just done? You've quenched the Spirit. Because there was a possibility of God might have just broken loose and revealed his kingdom grace. Or it might have sowed a seed of hope in their life. You know, and so let's, let's just be aware Let's get to the good news. Some people respond cautiously. Oh, I'm just going to take it slow. That's okay. God's, God prefers slow progress than none. <laughs> or, or run the other way. So that's okay. I think I'm a real thinker. I've got to understand it all. Don't be a spectator in the spiritual area. Search the scriptures to understand the ways of the Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, God has breathed life. It's God breathed every scripture. So as you read and study and meditate and confess the word, it brings life to your soul. It brings life to your family. Parents, teach your kids the word of God. Speak it to them. Read it to them. Come on, we have so many devices that are just robbing our people's attention and we need to let the word of God be there because it's God breathed. And it brings breakthrough and faith and hope in our lives. The Holy Spirit and the Word always work together. Not against. You think, oh, that's the Holy Spirit and He's telling you to do something that's weird and not in the Word of God or against the Word of God. It's not the Holy Spirit. You've got your wires crossed. Just obey the God-breathed Word of the Spirit of God. And He wants us. For it's useful for teaching us what is true, it's used for correcting our mistakes, it's used for making our lives whole again, it's used for training for us to do what is right. And if you're not sure, if you're cautious, hang out and talk with some spiritual men and women of faith who understand better what's happening. Get into a prayer group or a connect group or start to get with someone that clearly understands the ways of the Spirit better than you do if you're cautious. Just hang out with them, it'll rub off. It'll get caught. And that's, that's the power of discipleship and mentoring and hanging out with those that flow in the Spirit. So I want to encourage you, respond with all of your heart. Just want to do some teaching today because we need to be ready and prepared to move into His. Be filled to overflowing. Do you know you live out of the overflow? When I go away preaching or do a missions trip, I remember I've been on missions trips where you preach three times a day for about seven or eight days. Now, naturally, you can't keep up that energy level. But when you get in the flow of the Spirit, you get in the overflow, you just are energized. Yep, you sleep well at night because you've poured out lot, lots. When we went to Fiji first time, 
I uh, got up and preached. They had two hours of worship. I got up and preached for an hour and thought I was doing well. They wouldn't let me off stage. They said, you've got to preach for a minimum of two hours. So I had to preach another whole sermon with interpreters. And by the end of that, I had to wear a suit, so I was uh, worn out. We had lunch, three hours break, then we were back for another four-hour service. And I had to preach another two hours in heat. You think, that's crazy. Well, that was the way they did church. So when you're with them, you do what they do. But I realized that the Spirit of God empowers us to do way beyond what we think we can. When the Spirit of God starts to move, your natural levels of energy and ability start to rise. And we've got to realize that the Spirit of God will equip and empower us and overflow us. Yes, we walk with wisdom. We don't do dumb stuff. But God's Spirit will increase your capacity. If you keep saying yes, He increases your capacity. And God's going to help some of us step up and flow and minister and serve way beyond what we think we can because the Spirit of God is going to empower us. And we've got to have a heart that's at least open to that. Now, I know a lot of us live flat-out lives and time poor, but the Spirit of God will equip us and empower us. 1 Timothy 3.12 says, May the Lord make you, your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as Ours does for you. I want to quickly just wrap it up now. When the Spirit of God's moving, we have different responses. We have a spiritual response, a physical response, an emotion response, and a mental response. Wow. Let's just run through this quickly because the Spirit of God stirred my heart yesterday. He said, you need to explain how we respond when the Spirit of God works. We have a spiritual response. We need to do it with all of our heart. Worship, praise, prayer, speaking in other tongues witnessing courage freedom to share your story with people let our spirits that's the easiest one to respond your spirit just gets so alive but when the spirit of god starts moving sometimes there's a physical response what happens sometimes we experience a physical response when you're maybe in a prayer meeting or in worship all of a sudden you have tears start to come to your eyes because your, your heart's moved and there's a physical response some people feel a fire burning in their body you know when you're being prayed and older or just in in a prayer meeting sometimes you feel fire in your hands or there's there's energy burning through you i remember when i went to toronto once i was prayed for and i i was on the floor under the power of god and for about an hour i had electricity running through me about every 10 seconds it was like this electricity from heaven just went and my whole body went and i said lord what's that about i'd never had it before or since but it was like I was lying on the floor with my hands back. It was like someone every 10 seconds put my fingers into the power socket. And as I was there, I said, Lord, you do whatever you want. So long as it fills me to overflowing, when I get back to Australia, I can release this power so many people get saved and healed and drawn to you. It wasn't about the experience. That was just a sign or a wonder that God did in my body to show me what he was doing in my spirit. And the physical response wasn't the greatest key. I've had people feel, well, I shook once, therefore if I shake again, the spirit of God's in the meaning. If I don't shake, he's not there. That's a very immature response to how God moves. Sometimes you'll have a physical response. Some people shake. Some people fall down on the ground. Because they get overwhelmed by his love and power. Do you have to fall over? No. But sometimes you just get so overwhelmed you can't stand. 
and I was sharing with the church down in Tasmania uh, last week, said, some people get scared by that. They see someone fall down under the power of God. And they think, what's going on? I said, last time you went to hospital for operation, did they operate on you standing up? <laughs> no. They laid you on the operating bed, gave you some anesthetic, and then they operated. When you woke up, you were on the healing process. I said, sometimes that's what God does when you are under the power of God, you're still aware of what's happening, but it's like God's just got you in his bubble and sometimes he's healing, releasing, ministering love and hope and taking some trauma out of your soul or doing a work of grace. And when you get up, something's shifted and changed. Other people shake and, and do all sorts of stuff. You think, well, what's that about? I said, well, there's a power socket over there. If I go and put my fingers in that with a holding a knife or a fork, you wouldn't be at all surprised if my hair stood on end. Not much there anymore. My hair stood and I got thrown back a few metres across the floor and I'm vibrating with 240 volts of energy. Why should we be surprised when the power of heaven touches us and something we can't control? You don't have to. You don't look for those signs, but if God does them, it's because he wants to get our attention and he wants you to realize that I'm at work. Because we're very visual people, God will sometimes allow you to experience. But don't fall into the trap thinking, I've got to have that sign to know that God's in the house. That's immaturity. Just made a few friends and a few people saying, what? Every time the Spirit of God moves, I cry. That's okay. It's, it's your response. So the key is spiritual response. Sometimes he does physical response because he wants us to worship him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. But when you say, well, that can't be God because that's a bit weird, be careful because you're judging what may be happening in their soul. I've always said sometimes people have the strongest physical response and reactions is because God knows they need that huge power download to sort out their very messed, broken life. And the other thing is, don't try and impose your experience on someone else. Encourage people to respond, but he might do it differently for you or your husband or your child or your friend because God knows what they need to connect them to his plan and purpose for their life. You can share your story of how God changed you and, and, and like I did like with the electricity thing, I share that to show God was doing something powerful in my life and he decided to do a physical demonstration of what was happening in the spirit and soul realm. But when I pray for people, only occasionally does someone tell me, well, I had electricity running through me. I said, that's okay. So I don't go believing for that to happen to everyone. I say, God, you touch them, you release them, you fill them, you overflow them. And he does it in his way. Because remember on the day of Pentecost, it says, tongues of fire came and settled on each one of them. They had individual tongues of fire that God decided each one that needed whatever demonstration or encounter was going to be most meaningful for their life. Wow. And we just need to understand. So you have a physical response. We often experience it. Tears, laughter, overwhelming joy, excitement, shaking, falling over, kneeling, feeling a fire or heat in our bodies, 
raising of hands, speaking in other tongues, powerful prayer, healing. You don't have to have those reactions, but if you do, God's doing it by his spirit to let you know that he's all-powerful. And sometimes I'll go for ages. I've been in meetings where people's lives are shaking and bodies everywhere, and I'm just standing and still minutes. I said, oh, no, I'm not feeling a thing. Lord, he said, that's okay. You're, you're the leader. You need to be there able to release what's happening. And sometimes I'm not feeling a thing, but except I can feel this power coming through me. And I'm just enjoying the, the moment. But I'm not overcome or overwhelmed or um, feeling uh, drunk in the spirit or laughing. I've had that happen, but not very often. Because most times I've been one that's a leader in a meeting and God says, I want you to be still standing so that you can help release what's happening. And I, I, I first couple of times I have them, God, I missed out again. <laughs> well, it says, no, I'm trusting you to be still standing so you can release what's coming. I said, okay, Lord, I've got it. <laughs> so we're all different. We're all different personalities. Wow, let's wrap this up. Romans 8, 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The other two is emotional response. Some people just are so tough and they, they cry, they, they feel laughter and joy. I love it. Or they feel this incredible peace come over them that they've never felt forever in their life. And there's an emotional response because we are spirit, soul and body. There's freedom, there's healing, there's power. And then there's a mental response. Our minds sometimes are going crazy when the Spirit of God's working. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Make sure your mind is surrendered to the Spirit of God. Remember we have the mind of Christ, but learning to live in that is sometimes a challenge because we've got to learn to... Let our minds be surrendered. Here's a verse that really helped me when I was a younger Christian. Romans 8, 5 to 9. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. That's why some people, the power of God's flying, they're just shaking their heads saying, no, this can't be God. It doesn't fit into my understanding of God's ways. Well, so your mind is bigger than God. Oh, that's a dangerous place to live in, but we've all probably visited that from time to time in our spiritual journey. As Bill Johnson said, God will do supernatural, miraculous things to offend your natural mind so you've got to let it be renewed and start to live in the spiritual mind. And I thought, that is powerful. But it's not pleasant when you're going through it because you think, oh, no. Be careful. When you don't understand, say, God, show me what you're doing. Help me to respond. And if I got some mindsets that are not lined up with your spirit and word, please help me to be set free. It goes on, These, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Wow. Worship team, come on up.
It's just not about your individual experiences, but it's about growing and surrendering and responding to the Lord. Remember when the Spirit of God works, what did Jesus said? I am anointed because... So the Holy Spirit comes sometimes in intimate love just to fill and overflow your life. But there's always a because. It's because he loves you or because he's equipping you and setting you free so that you can now minister more freely and powerfully to other people. And so whatever experiences you have is for you to grow in your love relationship with God, to set you free. but then the overflow will always be to be a blessing to people around and it's not about coming just to say, I want another blessing. It's not a bless me club. God, I want to be filled to overflowing so my, the rest of my week I can touch people for your kingdom. When you come with a mindset of receiving to release, God will keep pouring out his spirit more and more. Remember the story in the Old Testament with the widow and her two sons? They were going to get taken away into slavery. Husband had debts. Prophet says, what do you got? Oh, I got a bit of oil. He says, go and get as many vessels as you can. Go down the street, these boys. Go down and find every vessel you can. Now they ran down the streets and they brought back all these vessels and they started pouring it from the little olive oil vase into these big vessels and it just kept multiplying and pouring. And what happened? When they ran out of vessels, the oil stopped flowing. That's what's happened in way too many churches throughout history. We've stopped bringing empty, hungry vessels, people's lives, into the place where they can receive. And we've stopped pouring out from our lives to people that are searching for hope and praying and ministering. And the oil stops flowing. Let me tell you, there's more than enough oil that's going to flow. But it's determined in a measure by how many empty vessels are our hearts ready to receive every time we meet with God. I can tell the difference on a Sunday how many people have been waiting on God that week. If we come hungry, the first song just takes off. If a lot of us have been sick or distracted or overwhelmed or just lots of stuff going on, it takes a while for the oil to start flowing. Every worship leader will tell you the same. Hey, I want to encourage you, let's have hope and hungry hearts and let's keep bringing people into our world, not just to church, bring them to church and let the oil fill them in your connect groups, in your youth groups, in your families, in your relationships. Let's be overflowing because the oil's not going to run dry. It's going to multiply and increase. Let's stand in His presence. Oh God, let the oil fly. This family here, I don't know, I've met you before the service, but because you've been faithful, God says favour is going to increase over your lives. Favour, and there's a flow. Because you've been faithful to God, there's going to be an increasing flow of life and favour 
over your lives. Father, Father, let's reach up to heaven right now for a moment. Just lift your hands to heaven. Maybe you're not a hand raiser. Why don't you just do it today? And just, when I put my hands up, it's like putting up radar and saying, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? It's not just because it's a religious thing. It's a, it's a connection saying, Lord, I surrender, but Lord, I'm just hungry for you. As one guy said, you put your hands up in a V, it's like a funnel. You're just ready to receive all that God's pouring out. So then you can pour it out to others. Oh, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now for your Holy Spirit to fill and overflow our hungry hearts. Let this Word just bring truth and encouragement. Lord, for some that might have been inspired or challenged by some of the things that your Word spoke today, help us to respond, I pray. We would not pull back, but we would press in. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.